Movie Mark Podcast Show. Dreaming of a Black Christmas by Mark West. For me, Christmas is the most perfect time of year. And since childhood, I love the cold and musty mornings, the bare trees and excitement things to come. This year, though, I wasn't so sure. I was walking with, to my mother-in-law's house, a present under my arm, trying to grow those feelings. After all, what happened, I thought the wallowing in nostalgia of the Christmas spirit was just was just about what I needed. It helped. The day, today was Christmas Eve, my favourite day for the season. I loved the frosty smell in the air. I loved seeing people rushing around with arms full of presents, their cheeks red and their bright, eyes bright. I'd gone into town from work, joining them bustling throng to pick up the last, last present for my lonely wife. My lovely wife. Of course, they were a stack of presents at home, hidden in my wardrobe. But I was always after that special gift, the one I wouldn't, she, the one I wouldn't know until I saw it. The one that would make Harry's, uh, Carrie's eyes lit up. Carrie didn't shy shy of my enthusiasm for and Christmas. For her, it's just another time of year, a waste of money. She bought me presents and tried to make an effort, but it's one. I was the one who put up the decorations and organised the cards and presents for our families and relatives. Not that it bothered me. There wasn't much that would sell it for me. In fact, the only thing that would make that could the, the only thing that could was my suspicion about her and Paul. Paul Curry worked in the marketing department of a local printing firm. She loved her job. She's a very attractive woman. Apart from the odd aesthetic feeling of jealousy. It made me proud that so many men paid attention to her flowing red hair, curvy body and of wit. Paul joined the company in summer as a manager. They spent a lot of time together, going away for conferences and lectures. I should have seen it coming, but they always say that his closest are the blindest. I walked past Boots and smiled at the crowds of men around the perfume corners, trying to buy their presents from vague memories of scents and packaging. I shook my head. Perfume was a present for men who had no end of imagination and didn't want to make his wife's lights, uh, eyes light up. I carried on through the centre, sidestepping crowds, attracting cycling children, and went through the main doors towards the market. I was not a religious man, but I made it a point every year to walk past the church. I loved to stand by the main door, watching my breath drift into the sky, listening to the choir, practicing for the mass that would come later that night. For my part in poetry, I watched people walk by wearing hats and scarves and gloves bundled up in large coats. Each year I would wish for snow. I'd love to hear the old big Cosby standard. It was a sentiment I echoed. Until this year, when when here I was dreaming of a black Christmas. Carrie and I hadn't stepped together since August. I kept asking if everything was right, if it was me, but she swept my concerns under the carpet. Every time I watched her eyes for a glimpse of pity, there was none. I never saw it there. Abby, my mother-in-law, lived in Harrow Crescent, a line of sturdy houses built in the thirties and surrounded a small green. Someone had put Christmas lights in her Harrow tree in the centre of it, and it sparkled in the dusk. I walked by houses and windows were illuminated with electric candles and wreathed in multicoloured tinsel and fake snow. 
Basic mouldings of Father Christmas and his elves of radiance hung from the doors, proclaiming season greetings for one and all. I came to Abbey's house, opened the gate, and walked up to the path of the front door. I knocked, smiling as a plastic Santa rocked to and fro. The door opened and a smell of Christmas cake wafted over me. Someone, maybe on TV or radio, was singing, but I couldn't make out the carol. Kevin, she said, what a surprise. Oh, you two are going away for Christmas. I put... I put a present on the step. We are, later, but I had to bring you, you this present, didn't I? She looks puzzled. What would, I, would I, could I say? How could I spoil my festive season by telling her that her precious daughter, my loving wife, and had cuckolded me? I found out today because Paul was too eager. I came home to drop off Carrie's surprise gift. I saw a rose on the staircase. A pair of underpants was lying by the... Standing and slowly, my stomach churning, I walked upstairs and made my way to the bedroom. I picked up a present and handed it to her. She wiped her hands in my, on her apron and smiled at me and took the box. How lovely, she said. She put it on the telephone table, just inside the front door, and gently pulled away the wrapping paper I seemed so care- been so careful with. She folded it, put it on the floor and opened the flaps of the box. Peering in, when, then she screamed. when she screamed, she knocked the box off to the floor, and she pressed her hands on her temple to remind me, she reminded me of Carrie. She stood in her kitchen screaming when I confronted her with the head of her lover as I put his head in the sink and pulled out the carving knife out of my jacket. She didn't move. She continued to scream, rooted to the spot. Most of the time, I don't understand what Carrie was saying because she's sobbing so much, but I got to tell her which I got to tell me everything, slicing her skin every now and again to encourage the memory. By the time she finished, she was sitting on the floor in a bloody pool of her own blood. But I love you, Kevin, she said, looking at me with pleasure, pleading her eyes. I know, I said softly, and cut off her head. Abby fell to her knees, screaming as I looked down at her smile. Her smile, Merry Christmas, I said, heading back home to wrap up my Christmas. My presents are coming for uh, for uh, other friends and relatives. The end.